Okay. Let's restart that then. Okay, should I pause the recording now? Okay. Hi, I'm here with Sagiti. Hi everyone, I am a, vi a virologist. I'm currently pursuing my PhD. My research focuses particularly on HIV. So I'm an HIV researcher and I work at a place called the HIV Pathogenesis Program in Durban, South Africa. So we're here to ask her a few questions because she's a woman of color in Stemfield. So we'd like to get to know her perspective as well as um, some tips she might have for us. Okay. So the first thing we just want to get to know, like your job is, what are some things you do regularly as part of your job? So as a PhD candidate, what I do is I conduct experiments in the lab based on what my project is on. So as I said in my little intro that I'm an HIV researcher. So my work focuses particularly on HIV research um, in South Africa. So what I do is conduct experiments um, in the lab um, write up the data, of course. I also am required to publish um, as a PhD candidate, of course, first author manuscripts as well as other manuscripts. And I'm also expected to mentor um, younger students in our research group as well as in the department and also take part in the activities of the department, which include presentations, you know, things like um, research updates and journal clubs and yeah, that's that's pretty much what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Very interesting. So as in Africa, as you research that, how has it like helped the community there? Because I know there's been some big spreadings of HIV there. How has it helped there? Yeah, so in, um, so as, okay, as you may or may not know, Sub-Saharan Africa actually accounts for about 70% of the total world's population that's infected with HIV. So we really carry um, the brunt of the HIV um, pandemic. And so being based in a country where, which is greatly affected by HIV, it is I kind of felt like when I got into the research that it was my duty to kind of do something to add to the research that's been done and to try and, and, and make major changes. I mean, in South Africa, where I am, and the institution where I am, we have been responsible for making major strides in the um, HIV research field. Um, for example, um, a ring was developed, which was used for women, um, as a spermicide. So that was a, a really big development that came out of KwaZulu-Natal, which is the province that I'm, I'm from, from South Africa. So it's really um, greatly benefited the community. And also where I work, we work with um, young girls from townships. So it's girls that come really from impoverished backgrounds and we try and educate them about HIV and how to protect themselves from it. That's very good. That's nice to know. So next is just about STEM in general. What do you think is the hardest part of studying a STEM field? <laughs> um, the actual subject material on its own, um, I feel like before I was a PhD candidate, of course I was an undergrad, and the actual subject material is difficult. It's a lot. There are a lot of concepts to grasp. 
And I think as you move up um, from undergrad to a postgraduate or a graduate student, you kind of move away from, you know, learning coursework and cramming it and then writing it in an exam to actually applying yourself. So it's the application part that is difficult. It requires you to be very knowledgeable about your um, field and your specific area of research and to be able to use that knowledge that you've, re you've read and apply it to what you're doing. So that's troubleshooting in the lab. Um, you know, you, you're really expected to be on top of your game, especially at PhD level. So why did you decide to study a specific subject over other subjects in this specific field? What made you interested in it? Sorry, what made me choose virology? Yeah. So it was the HIV, with the HIV part of it. I've always been interested in, in studying HIV, like I said, as I come from a country that's greatly affected by it. Um, and although I'm not um, directly affected by it, you know, we definitely, as a community, are affected by it, as a country, as a province, are affected by it. And we see, um, unfortunately, now young girls um, are actually one of the key populations. So a lot of HIV infection is seen now in girls 18 to 25. And that for me is the youth, and that's the future of the country. So it's it's very, very sad to see, you know, the youth diminish like this and, and basically throw their futures away. So um, in coming into the field, I also myself don't come from, uh, I wouldn't say I come from a wealthy or well-off background, but I don't come from an impoverished background. I'd say we I come from a middle-class background. And like I said, although I wasn't affected by it, you know, people around me were immediately affected by it. So that's what drew me to HIV research. I just thought that, you know, something has to be done about this. And I really want to be one of the contributors in, in HIV research. Cool. So a lot of us that want to help are on not there. So how do you think we could go and help people in Africa who are suffering with this, even though we don't live near or we can't really help as much as people like you could? Um, I think what you could do and, and other countries could do, which is what they're already doing, but I think um, as we've seen with coronavirus, for example, it, I mean, a vaccine has been produced in almost less than a year. So I think we need um, people to take this a little bit more seriously. I think now it's, it's not taken seriously and as a health emergency because it's manageable now. But in countries like Africa, continents like Africa, you know, which is a resource limited um, continent as a whole, we need a vaccine um, in order to, to absolutely curb the spread of HIV because People that are infected with HIV, they if they're in resource-limited settings, they cannot take their treatment because the clinic is far away, or if they get to the clinic, there is no treatment because they has, haven't been, hasn't been delivered. So I think um, other countries and uh, first world nations um, can help by being involved in the research and, and treating it you know, as a health emergency. Um, I think there are a lot of already programs that donate, you know, treatment to resource limited countries like um, the one that I live in for HIV. But I think 
the most important thing is for us to come together and actually do research and find um, a vaccine or a cure for HIV. Definitely, that makes a lot of sense. So specifically about you and STEM fields, have you ever felt like your race or your gender has, um, it's given you unequal opportunities relative to like other men or people who are not of color just because of who you are? So, um, not where I am. So, in, in, in my country, in South Africa, we are, um, a lot of organizations prioritize giving funding, for example, to Black people, to Black women, um, of course. But your other, I think, where the issue lies is that people may feel entitled to getting it because they're Black here in this country. But your other, your accolades basically and, and your CV, your transcript, your grades also have to back you. So as much as they give um, first preference when we apply for things to, to Black people, because here in my country, we're a my, my majority, um, we're not in the minority, and um, we are given first preference here in my country. Um, I have traveled though um, overseas and it's vastly different to to here where um, I'm in the majority population. I'm in the minority when I go um, to the States. Like I just came back from a research visit last year to San Francisco. And that's where I felt um, like I need to be a hundred times better than my counterparts just to be noticed because of my, um, because I'm a black woman and mm -hmm. we, I didn't see a lot of black women um, walking around in the department and in the entire building, in the entire university as a whole. So I definitely think on a global scale um, that I definitely have to work a hundred times harder than my uh, white counterparts to get noticed, to get opportunities, to not be undermined, for my work not to be questioned um, because of my race and my gender. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, that's not that good. Okay, so in your STEM field in virology, what are some goals you hope to accomplish in it in the future? So <laughs> the first one would be getting my PhD. I'm currently a third year PhD um, candidate, so hopefully within the next year or two, I will have acquired my H my my PhD. It's been really difficult with COVID times um, here, being a lab based researcher. Because, excuse me, we weren't we weren't allowed to actually go to the lab for almost six months. So that's six mm -hmm. months lost of work. But I I think, you know, everybody's had to adapt, and and we we've had to adapt as well. But that's definitely my first goal, is to um, get my PhD. I also like to mentor, which is something that I've already started. Mentor young um, scientists coming after me. Um, that is a major part of, of what I do as well as, you know, in my YouTube channel as well. That was the major goal of that. Um, I want to be a voice, um, not only a voice, but a face as well, because I feel like here um, and around the world, when you think of a scientist, you don't think of a black woman and yeah. I want to change that. Yeah. So you want to be a role model for others. Have you ever, like, who is your role model when you're growing up? that inspired you to pursue STEM? 
so funnily it's actually not anyone in stem um it was my mm-hmm. dad actually um I remember when I was still doing science at school, I was doing physical science and it was really difficult. And I remember speaking to my dad and being like, to your dad, this is so hard. I really don't know if I can do this. And he was like, and then he asked me, he was like, oh, your friend's doing it. So a bit of context, I went to a private school here in South Africa. So that was also a school that um, black people were in the minority um, in. So my dad um, asked me if, you know, my friends are doing it. And I said, yes, they are. And he was like, so why can't you do it? And then, so from then, he's always been like my number one supporter. You know, he's always wanted me to pursue my dream, which was, was becoming a scientist. And he pushed mm-hmm. me to follow that and, and be where I am today. Um, I do have models now in the field that I'm, now that I'm actually in it, um, in my department, you know, as well as on a global scale as well. But the first person who inspired me to to pursue a career in STEM was my dad. That's very nice. So um, uh, what I was going to ask is in um, a lot of countries around the world, especially in like African countries or Middle Eastern countries, it is known that women don't have as many opportunities as men but you said um in your in South Africa you do they are coming up with a lot of opportunities for women do you think this has increased over the past years due to feminism and women speaking out about their rights or do you think like how do you think it increased I absolutely agree I think it's because women are um speaking out like you're saying um about their rights, you know, women are now pursuing careers. It's not like it was before where the women stay at home and the men go out to work. Women are just as ambitious, if not more than men. And I think that's feminism, of course, is also definitely driven um, Mm -hmm. in our organizations to include women more and actually prioritize them, to prioritize women more as well. That's very nice. So why do you think it's important that minor- minorities and underrepresented and underrepresented people should join STEM to make the field more diverse? Why do you think that's more important? Well, I think diversity is important in, in every field. You can't just have, um, you know, kind of a one-sided um, people in, in, in STEM. I think that as as a different people we also think differently you know maybe we complement each other in the way that we think and i i think that it's important that every um population group uh, minorities and underrepresented get a fair chance of of being in stem if that's what they want to do mm-hmm. okay yeah so why do you think it's important to encourage youth to pursue stem so i actually read um this well, I actually read a lot of, I actually read a lot as being a scientist. So, um, I, I was shooting a video for my channel as well that um, in the future, uh, 80% of jobs are all going to require STEM. So in the future, when you apply for a job, you're going to need science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So as the youth being the future, you know, they need to absolutely engage in STEM studies and pursue them as well, because that that's literally what the, what we're looking at in the future. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. So um, 
I know you said in Africa, a lot of blacks and a lot of women have a lot of opportunities, but this is like specifically in general when you go overseas or in general. I read this fact that um, if a woman and a man both go into the same studies, they both have an equally capable chance of doing as well as each other, but women tend to do worse because they're in a minority, so they have less confidence over themselves and they um, have less role models while they see they're surrounded by men, so they have less confidence in themselves and they tend to do worse because of that. Do you think this is true, like when you go overseas or have you seen this with other women as well? 100%, I've, I've definitely seen it. And I, that's why I think it's so important that we believe in ourselves as, as women. It's definitely, uh, self-doubt is definitely a, a killer of so much um, potential. Uh, because we, like you said, a man and a woman go into the same job, but then the the woman begins to doubt herself, like, can she really do this? So I think it really is important for us to encourage each other and to also kind of, you know, look within ourselves and, and, and really find confidence in being that, you know, I am a woman, you know, we should look at it as a superpower over being a man. So I... I really think that that's something that we need to address as well as women ourselves. I mean, one can help us with that. And yeah, I, I agree with, you know, the whole story that you just told me now that self-doubt is definitely a huge killer of potential. So before you psychology, what are some things you did to get more exposure or knowledge in the field? So I was always, um, a really inquisitive young person so i used to actually youtube a lot which is quite funny mm -hmm. because i've come full circle now and and now i'm a content creator on youtube but i used to youtube videos science videos i used to um watch the rk khan academy you know to explain different mm -hmm. things to me i used to um use the internet google whenever i didn't know anything i definitely didn't let it slide i was friends with Google, friends with encyclopedias. At that time in high school, I remember in the library, the encyclopedia section was my favorite. And I definitely made sure that I acquired as much knowledge as possible. I think I was quite a sponge when I was growing up. And I did all of those things to acquire knowledge that I actually didn't know was a skill mm. and was something that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, really. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, I see, I've seen a lot of people like that near me and I think that's very interesting and yeah. So for like women of color and youth in general, and if they want to pursue STEM fields, what advice or tips would you give them? I would definitely um, encourage them to go after their dreams. If they want to pursue a career in STEM, they should go for it 100%. When you're in it, it is important for you to work hard, um, to believe in yourself, you know, as we just touched on, 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 you know, self-doubt and women lacking confidence. And you know, what I love about science is that you don't have to speak about your work. Like you, I, I, as Zagiti don't have to, you know, come in front of you and be like, hi, I'm Zagiti and this is my research. Your work speaks for itself. So it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter yourself. So, um, yeah, just prepare to be prepared to work hard and consistently hard and 
um, just be wary of naysayers and especially if you're a, a person of color, naysayers, um, you know, be, be wary of people who um, want to put you down and um, want to plant a seed of doubt in your head. So I feel like it's it, as much as it's important for you to work hard, to be smart, it's also important for you to have emotional intelligence as well. Um, in pursuing this career. It's a very white-dominated um, space. It's a very male-dominated space. So you need mm-hmm. to have head on your shoulders, be strong-willed, believe in yourself, work hard, and you can achieve anything that you put your mind to. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is this was such an honor. Mm-hmm. All right. That was that was really informative, and I think that helped a lot. And I think a lot of other youths will find a lot of use in that. Thank you so much. It was so nice to get your perspective. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you, Venus. Nice to meet you too. All right. Have a good day. You too. Can I stop recording now? Let me just. Yeah.